Have you ever known someone who started dating and pretty quickly kind of ditched all their friends? Well, today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how God intends for romance to be a blessing, not just for the couple who's in it, but for the world and for the kingdom of God. This is Jason. Hi, I'm Kirsten. This is The House Podcast, and we're helping the next generation discover real life in Jesus Christ. So one of the things I notice on the college campus, like all the time, and is this tendency for uh, folks to maybe have good groups of friends, but when they start dating, they slowly, like their friends can't get a hold of them anymore. Um, they maybe apologize for a while or something. I don't know. Um, but pretty soon, like their friends just stop inviting them to things. And maybe they don't even seem to mind because they're like super pumped about the person that they're dating. And and sooner, sooner or later, um, what we find is this couple uh, tend to be pretty isolated from a lot of their old friend groups. And they're kind of alone on the college campus or something like this. And over the past... 15 or so years of college ministry, that has seemed to be a problem. Like, I don't think that's healthy. Yeah. And especially it's interesting transitioning from girls talking all about these boys they have a crush on. And so you have these like friends that are talking all about this boy that somebody is going to date and all that. And then it goes to nothing that they never see their friend or if it's long distance. A lot of people will have long distance relationships Mm -hmm. and they don't make any friends on the college campus because they're just going home. And just with that boyfriend or girlfriend all the time. And so they usually transfer schools. They really don't find a place that is theirs because they are so isolated just with their boyfriend, just with their girlfriend. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't think I hear guys necessarily talking about girls all the time. But but guys have like these shared activities that they do a lot. And then when they start dating somebody often, they literally just don't do any of those activities anymore. And so whether it's – uh, you know, playing basketball or playing games of some kind, or may, a lot of guys have these tendencies to like go to the same restaurant at the same time every week for like deals, mm-hmm. you know, on like chicken wings or something. Yeah. And and then yeah, within a couple of weeks of dating uh, somebody new, they literally just don't do any of those things anymore. And it's really curious from the outside because you're kind of like, what do you like? This isn't like the subject maybe of our conversation, but like I have these questions where I'm like, what do you actually like to do? Because now that you're dating somebody, did all of your interests change? You know what I mean? And who are you? And like, what's that about? But yeah, I, so I see that kind of shift happening. And, uh, and I've, I've never, I don't think, I can't think of a single time when I've heard the group of friends on the other side of that go, yeah, I'm super excited for Johnny. You know, like that, like I'm so proud of him. They're like worried about him. Yeah. Or worried or hurt. A lot of abandonment, a lot of, do they even like me? And, And sometimes that person is always bringing their significant other with them and never by themselves with their friends or never have that that time. And so there's a lot of just they don't – that person doesn't like me anymore or they've chosen that other person or you see patterns of that and it goes, here we go again. Guess we'll see them when they break up in six months or whatever that may be. All right. So we – by way of confession, we don't have all this really mapped out, but we're going to talk about uh, some things we see and some things we think are healthy. But maybe for a second, let's talk about to, – to try to have some compassion for that dynamic and understand what's going on. Let's talk a little bit about why we think people do that. Like, So like why why do uh, men and women 
uh, at this t- time of life, maybe, and maybe normally it ha- happens too, but why do they begin to like not hang out with their friends anymore? And why do they just start to spend all their time together? Why do you think? I think there's this initial excitement and there's something that you're receiving from like, this person likes me and um, you've been dreaming and wanting that to happen. And so you want to put your time in there. But then it also is a fear of what if they, what if they don't like me anymore? I've got to give them all this time and I've got to be everything for that person. I have to study with them. I have to play with them. I have to eat with them. Um, Some girls go into nurturing mode and try to take care of and, handle everything for that person, but it is, I think it's a grabbing a hold of because they're afraid it's going to be gone to yeah. hold on tightly Yeah, and isolate. That's really them. interesting. Yeah, I think that's right. There is a sense of, for sure, excitement. And like we binge watch TV shows for the same reason, like yes. something new, something exciting, and you like put aside all the things that you've been doing normally, all your normal habits, all like the, even things that you might have liked just yesterday now get relegated for the new season of a show, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And yeah, that's even that's better with a significant other, you know, so a romantic interest. So for sure the excitement's there. I guess I hadn't thought too much about it, but yeah, I think there is a, probably a fear. I don't think you use that word, but I would call it probably a fear. Yeah. Like I'm really excited, but now like if I could, this is a dumb metaphor, but let me play this out. Like imagine if like the new ep, the new season of my favorite show just dropped on Netflix and if I don't keep watching it, they'll just cancel it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like, yeah, so it's like, yeah. like that fear's there. Like like if I have to keep watching it, otherwise it's going to be over and I won't get to ever finish it. You know, or something. Yeah, or like, like on Instagram, if you're watching an Instagram live, and at least you're like the one person watching, they're not going to get yes. off. And so I think some yes. of that, like if I show up at this person's doorstep and here I am, they they're going to see me. Yes. But if I'm not there, what if they don't see me? Yeah. Yeah, they might cancel the show. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I get that. I mean, I get that. And I've been there uh, for sure in romance before. Um, and and then, it, yeah, oh, I would say after the excitement, then I think it's hard to transition backwards that once we've been spending all this time together, then to say, hey, we probably should totally not. Then you're afraid the other person's going to think you don't like them or something's wrong when really it's just yes. the amount of time. Yes. Yeah, that's true. There is um, – so, okay, well, there's a couple different things that come to mind. Number one, if if that sort of uh, – the, the new pattern of like the way you're hanging out multiple hours a day, every day in a row, nonstop connected with each other over the phone, text or something like this, um, if that lasts a long enough time, then there is just an adjustment to new patterns, which is hard in life anyway. Yeah. Like, oh, there's, there's always an adjustment thing. Um, but – yeah, I could see the step back creating a little bit of fear. Like uh, if this person says, hey, listen, you know, I've I've got to go, uh, you know, i got to study for a test now. We've been hanging out for three days in a row or whatever. There may be this sense of like, gosh, I'm still so excited about this person, but they're not texting me tonight. Do they like me? And then also, honestly, I think we're not gracious with each other a lot. And so there's usually a penalty to pay with your friends, I think. Like for a lot of folks, like – if I've been hanging out with this girl for like three or four days and then I'm like going to hang out with my friends, I'm going to hear about that. Like, oh, you like us again? Yeah. You know, it's subtle yeah. and it's not really mean, but it's not it's not gracious. And it's like little digs and like – because they all – honestly, what's underneath the root of it is they all want to know that you still like them too. Yes. And so they're testing that out. And so, yeah, I think the transition uh, – There's a, maybe it's good to say it this way. There's a certain kind of um, – zeal and like excitement and like we're all in this like 
pedal to the floor for a bit that cannot be sustained. No. Uh, and when you like let your foot off the pedal of that for a minute, that is a hard transition for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's a, like you're saying, it's a new schedule. You're adding something new into your routine. Yep. Yep. And so things have to yep. shift and change and adjust. That's right. And that's hard. Yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, maybe this is obvious, but it's not. That, that that's a that's a fine thing. That's a normal good thing. Yes. Uh, that if you add a, a new person into your life, things have to change. Somebody is going to something or somebody's going to get less time. Yep. For that person to get more, for sure. Uh, I think we're talking today about some degree of that. Maybe like some of that's natural and good, but we see that uh, maybe go so far. That now I'm spending so much time with this person, I have no time for all these other people. Yep. For for months, maybe years. Yeah. Sometimes. And then that, those former relationships, those friendships, they no longer think that they have a place in your life to even speak into yes. what they think about the relationship, and yep. they're they're also then wanting to hold on yeah. to you, and so then afraid if they say anything about your relationship that you're going to just be totally done with them. And so everyone's kind of walking on eggshells That's right. because nobody wants to officially lose somebody, Yeah. but things aren't healthy. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And, and if we play this out long enough in like a really kind of a worst case scenario, um, I guess you're left with two options that are bad uh, in this case. One, you break up with a significant other and then you don't have any friends. Yeah. You know, like you you literally break up and you're starting over. And you you're know? afraid to break up with the person because you know you don't have friends. Totally. So. Yeah, you don't have anything else to cling to. That's right. And then the other alternative is you guys like get married and you don't have any friends. Yep. <laughs> that's also bad. You know, like that's like the – what was the subject? What was the movie where the guy like has to go out and find groomsmen? Yep, yep, you know? yep, yep. Because you don't have any friends. Uh, and that's a reality I know for a lot of people and I don't want to shame anybody for that. But I think if you can – it, it's it's a sad reality that many people actually do have a lot of friends until they date. Mm -hmm. That it, and it's so common that that's kind of a joke. I mean, it's a trope among some friend groups um, that somebody will start dating and it's like, well, see them later, and it doesn't have to be that way, right? Um, so transition yeah. your story. So yeah. when I was in my early twenties, I was living with um, my roommate Amy, and she was dating this guy Max. And they were about to get engaged, and Max came up to me and just asked. And he's like, "Kirsten, like, how do, like, how do, how does my relationship with Amy affect you? Is that like a good thing for you?" And he wanted, he genuinely wanted to know. And I was blown away at that because it was the first time that I recognized that, like, romantic relationships are not just for the people in the relationship. That these romantic relationships, their eventual marriage was going to not just be about the two of them, but also about the world, which makes sense because like marriage is set up to be a picture of how Christ loves the church. We're called his bride. And so of course marriage is going to be about showing off him and showing off love to the world, not just to two isolated people. Yeah. So I, I just loved that question and every time I counsel anybody now that that they're getting engaged or talking about their marriage, it's, well, yes, what are you offering to them or what are they offering to you, all that kind of stuff. But really, like, what are the two of you offering to the world? How How is the world better because you guys together. are together? Yeah. Gosh, that's a great question. 
I th- it sounds this sounds so crazy. Like I don't, I, it's hard for me to imagine it ever happening. But it would be so cool if it happened. That like that I would um, that a, that a college guy that I'm walking with, say a junior in college, and he's like, man, I'm really interested in dating this girl. And he takes her like on a date or two, and then he says, or they go on a date or two. I don't know what's like appropriate today, right? But like they go on a date or two, and uh, and then he's like, you know, hey, I'd love to hear what your friends think about us dating. That'd be so great, you know. Yeah. Like I mean, that that's that's be delicate because you know there's a certain sense in which she's going to want to speak for herself, of course, you know, and whatever. But and it would be great if she did the same thing for him. Let me yeah. talk to your friends about this. And I think the. That is important to recognize is when when I say that the relationship is good for the world, that doesn't mean that you two are going to be these great missionaries, like go power totally. couple or whatever people say because you're going to do this one work together really well. That actually, that could be for sure yep. part of it. Maybe you guys are great hosts together. like. But that also means like the way you are in relationship is going to change who you are and how you're acting and how is that person that you're becoming actually affecting your friends, actually yes. making you more like Jesus to then go onto campus and care about the person sitting next to you because of the way that your boyfriend has treated you because of yes. that relationship. Um, but you have to have people in your life yes. to be able to lead that out onto. Yeah, so I mean that's kind of the crux, I guess, of this whole conversation today is it seems really common or tempting for us to to adopt this attitude this belief that that when when you sync up with somebody in a romance nothing else matters like it's this it's kind of a romantic idea that it's like us against the world um and 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 all we need is each other sounds actually good like that's like a, a line that will sell in a movie or something you know um but in reality, the way God sets things up, and of course, even just the way that we interact with people on a day-to-day basis testifies to this. But the way God has set things up is that that two people in any relationship, and most specifically a romance, would be a blessing to the whole world around it. So like it is a, a question that belongs in the kingdom of God that if, uh, if, if somebody begins to date another person, one of the questions that is an appropriate question to ask is how are the people at your work blessed by this? How are your classmates blessed by this? How are your how, how is the college campus, how is the career field you're entering into benefited by the fact that you are now entering into this romance? How is your family? That's exactly right. Yeah, your relationship with your mom and your dad and your siblings and your cousins. And how's your relationship? But then also how's your relationship with money? Yeah. How's your relationship with time? Like are these things better? because of the way in which you're relating. And of course, every relationship we're in has an impact on all those things. This is just a specific one because of how many resources it's going to take and, and how we do prioritize romance. Like, you know, like we're so drawn to romance that you never really need to make space for it. Mm-hmm. You'll make space for it, you know, when it comes up. Uh, but it, we make it such a priority that I think the the questions should be prioritized there too. Yeah, and we'll, we're actually willing to look at that. Like if I'm bad with my money, I'm probably not looking to my three closest friends and recognizing, oh, we all go shopping a lot and spend money frivolously, but I am going to look at that person I'm dating very specifically sure. without or my husband. Like, right. um, We just have the space to look at that person. Yeah, that makes sense, especially because the trajectory of romance – Makes it. I mean, if everything works out in a particular way, 
that you actually will be stewarding money together mm-hmm. in a way that maybe you and your friend won't. Yeah. So that so the question isn't isn't prioritized as much there. But yeah, in marriage, I mean, part of the deal we're talking about dating, I guess, primarily here. But but in marriage, you're sharing literally the stewardship of everything. Like in the kingdom of God, it's you become one flesh in a way that that means it's all shared stewardship, right? So yeah. Uh, and I think that is, you know, we'll talk about some specific like pieces of advice or whatever here in a minute, but that's the main idea here is that, um, is that your romantic relationship isn't actually just about you two. It's about the world. Yes. You know, it's about your friends, your roommates, your families, your child, it's about the world. And that's something to consider. So what are some things people can, maybe what are some pieces of advice for this? How do we begin to think this way? or begin to move in this direction? So the first thing, like I mentioned, is that we, the way we are affected in a relationship does impact others. So that same roommate's boyfriend, now husband, years later, I get married, I go visit them, and he's like, oh my goodness, Kirsten, your confidence Hmm. has totally changed. Like you are such a, you're a much more confident person um, in the way that you interact with us and what you're willing to say and truth you're willing to communicate. He's like, that seems to be a result of your marriage with Jonathan. So even just yeah. that first thing is look at the things that you're becoming um, and recognize that yeah. that's having an impact on the people that's good. around you. Um, so that'll be first piece of that's advice. That's good. Yeah, I think related to that, I would say and this this is the kind of work that like it sounds kind of obvious to me and I always hate this kind of stuff, but it's um, – like it's really good to pay attention to the kind of person you want to become too. So like what kind of yes. what kind of impact do you think you want to have on the world? What kind of person do you want to be for your family, for the career field you're going into, for your friends, for the city, for the world? And and as followers of Jesus, we're eminently concerned with what kind of person does God want us to be in those places, right? Yeah. And how these things go together. Um, and, and when I – because if I don't know that – it's going to be really difficult for me to know how to select in dating and romance and how to even make wise decisions about like yes, no mm-hmm. kind of dynamics. But the greater degree to which I – so like I remember this absolutely heartbreaking. I mean when I was in college, I remember really thinking I was going to marry this gal and I loved her a lot and then she loved me. But I began to sort of think I want to go into ministry. And she was like, I don't think I want to be married to somebody in ministry. And we weren't like engaged, but it truly was like this thing I had to look in the face of. And I remember having this moment where I was like, I, over the course of a number of months and and meetings with mentors, I was like, I know for sure that I want to spend at least a couple of years doing vocational pastoral ministry work. And I think I want to marry this girl. And those, that's a difference in confidence, yeah. you know, and that, that, that in order to get confident, I would have to enter into kind of engagement with her and work this out. But, but she was confident. She did not want to be with a guy that was working as a pastor and, um, and we loved each other, but that was what we, I needed in order to know this is actually probably not good for us to continue to date, even though our friends liked us together and we were great. And I'm looking back, I'm so thankful that we made that decision. Mm-hmm. She's rad. But totally it makes sense looking back now. The kind of life she wanted to live and the kind of life I wanted to live were not going to be in alignment. And so I'm, I'm using that as an example to say there wasn't like a bad or good there. It just is literally just a different alignment with 
the kind of impact and the kind of way that we think God wants us to live in the world. And so I would say a big thing is if you are having, if you're, if you're listening to this and, and are taking seriously this idea that your romance, like every relationship, has a bent toward the world, that, that a really important step is thinking, well, how has God personally already called you to live out into the world? And so spend some time figuring that out. Yeah. And last night you made a comment about not dating somebody for who you think they're going to be. Who they could be. Who they could yeah. be, but who they are. Who they are and who they will be. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so thinking about that for yourself too is not just. That's good. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So like in that situation with this girl in college, she could have said, well, I could be somebody who is married to somebody who works in ministry. Mm-hmm. Like she could have like tried to tried to imagine herself in that place, but that's not actually the trajectory she was on yeah. or the trajectory she wanted to be on. Yep. And it wouldn't have been healthy or good for her to like try to fit that role for a bit. And years later if be that's, bitter. That's about right. It. If that's not actually the trajectory. Yeah, that's right. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Who are you and who are you going to be? That's good. Yep. Um and so the, I think the next the next kind of piece of advice is your friends show off a lot of who you are to other people. So when I'm interacting with my friends, Jonathan's going to see it. My husband's going to see a different side of me as I'm interacting with these friends. Um, And he's going to actually be able to know me in a different way because how I interact with other people is a big part of who you are. And so if you really want to be known by your significant other, you got to spend time doing the things that you love to do with your friends and inviting your significant other into that as well. And then also, like, on not the flip side, but the other end of it, like, your significant other is not going to be everything for you. Totally. Like, you are going to have people that you do other things with, and that's really good that your significant other doesn't participate in. Like, Jonathan, a few months ago, looked at me and was like, I'm so glad you don't do jujitsu. I'm so glad that that's my thing. <laughs> because he, like, not that I would do that, but, like, he, it's good for him to have that time with these guys. It's good for him to be able to have these bonds that it's not just me being every single aspect of his life, me filling every single need, because that's not what we're made. That's not what yeah. my job as his wife is, and especially it's not what, my job when I dated him to right. be his everything. Right. Um, so friends allow us to be our whole person, not just – or allow that right. other person not to be all of the things. And then we put a lot of weight onto the yep. boyfriend or girlfriend and be like, well, why aren't you doing this for me? Or yep. why aren't you this? Well, they're not supposed to be all of those things. That's good. I, um, I want to kind of take those two things that you just said that would respond to each of them in a different way. So first – um, it's interesting to me that we often develop kind of a crush on somebody when they're not interacting with us. Like yeah. we often end up like first finding somebody attractive by having like a third person lens. Like we see the way that they treat somebody else or we see the way that they work or the way that they play. And we find it really attractive, right? And then it, it, you kind of shoot yourself in, your, in the foot if you're like, man, the way that I was drawn to you, I'm now not going to allow that to exist anymore. You yeah. know, now I'm just going to have you right in front of me and only interacting with me. And look, there probably are people that like their first date is in that situation and they 
develop feelings for each other. But there's a lot of a lot of us, especially on a college campus, where you're just bumping into people all the time, whatever. Like you, you end up finding somebody attractive in a community setting mm-hmm. or interacting with others. And, and it just at a very practical level, it seems really silly to me that you would cut off the possibility to still see them in that way. Yep. You know, and uh, and often I think you might find that if you loosen your grip a little bit and you step back and you watch this person interact with others, you uh, your feelings for them might deepen. And actually, if they don't, maybe that's a good sign. Yeah, for you real. Know? Uh, and but so, so the other thing about not being everything, man, there is just like you said, there's so much pressure we place on each other. And and if this goes back to something we said at the very beginning, but like if I have a bunch of activities in my life or hobbies or interests in my life that I'm engaging with my friends and then I stop hanging out with my friends, it is likely that I'm going to want to still have this person I'm hanging out with. I wonder what's happened to all those things somehow. But that's not fair to this person who can't be all of these other people, you know? And so there's a, I mean, in in the Christian worldview, we have a, a word for that called idolatry. We just make somebody an idol. And then I think we take ourselves out of the equation with some of that. Like I think about, I was joking about like, being like, okay, this 19-year-old boy needs to be my spiritual leader in this romantic <laughs> relationship. I'm like, a 19-year-old boy is going to be your spiritual leader? Right, right. Um, you take yourself out of that equation that when it's like that, that my boyfriend needs to be all of these things. Like, yep. well, are you – Reading your Bible, like on your own, are you waiting for him yeah. to do that? Are you engaging in conversation? Are you yeah. worshiping with other people or yeah. are you waiting on the other person to do that? And so when you step out of community you put and put everything onto somebody else, oftentimes you even take that responsibility off yourself and just put that responsibility on the other person. 100%. Um, and to move yourself out of any of that. That's, a, that's totally right. That's totally right. I'll, I'll say um, – I would like to see people lean into the wisdom of their friends as they're making decisions about romance. And often, I don't know, I I guess maybe some of us have friends that are not very trustworthy in that regard. And then we just need to get new friends. Mm -hmm. Um, But but so assuming that you have some friends that are worth their salt and that care about your good, I, I wish I saw more people ask their friends for wisdom and advice. And as followers of Jesus, this is unambiguously what God leads us into, like that wisdom is found in the counsel of many. And we profess that our hearts are deceitful to us. We have this clearly made known to us in scripture and our lives, of course, testify to this. But I mean, like how many times do we all know, and probably everybody listening to this will know, of somebody in their life who's dating somebody that everybody else knows that this is a bad fit. This is like not good you know, who to, they're not good to each other. One person's not good for one. And everybody knows this, but the person who's in the relationship is not listening. Yep. You know, and we, and we, I think we all know those stories. And what that tells me is that we've all probably been or are capable of being that person. Yes. You know? And for that, the person in the relationship to be the one that asks, what do you think? Because then that puts them in a posture right. of receiving that because it does get tiring on the other end. It's like, this isn't good for you. This isn't good for you. And you, when they stop listening, you're like, well, what's the point of me yeah. saying anything? But to be somebody that actually wants to hear and wants to make moves and yes. all of that based on what they say. Yeah. Um, my now husband, I met him at a wedding and I asked um, the bride at that wedding. I was like, what do you think about 
him, I, you know, like asked my friend advice and she's like, don't date him. Um, <laughs> and I did. Like I went on a date with him and it was great. I did take her advice though. I did want to hear what she said. And then after that date, we talked through yep, it yep. and it was great. Yep. And then her husband was in our wedding and things were wonderful. It doesn't mean that you always like – if somebody doesn't like something, that that can't be worked through. Right. Like your friends don't – your friends might not be right. Correct. But by not listening to them, not only do you cut off the opportunity for wisdom, but you probably will lose a friend. Yeah. You know? And, and how much does your friend – like how much do your friendships grow when you do say, hey, I want your advice? Like yeah. that means the world to people totally. to have somebody ask them what they think about a romantic relationship, that's a really honoring position to be in. Yes. I will say, I mean, let's just say this too, I guess, just a longer term and people on the front end of a dating relationship or single may not want to think this far, but um, the healthiest marriages have friends outside of their marriage. And um, and I, I don't think I experienced this much until I'm, I don't want to just take pot shots of the culture, but I don't think I experienced this much until I moved to the South. But, but when I moved here, I did see a tendency um, that I, I didn't recognize or notice amongst peers in the Northwest. And it was to sometimes see friends as kind of like a holding pattern. Hmm. And so like, it was like this kind of social agreement that we're all going to be friends until we get married. And this is just like, uh, this is like the JV squad. Like friends are just like junior varsity because when I get married, I don't need friends. That's what we all wanted. That's what we're here for is to get married or something like that. And some people, of course, increasingly in a postmodern world don't want to get married, but it still seems like the majority of people that are young have a really big desire to get married one day. Which makes sense. When people get married, friends stop calling sometimes because they think that. Think that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I just, that that's so heartbreaking because I'm like, even today in my marriage, and this was so true in dating too, like, well, who am I supposed to talk to when I want to talk about my spouse or my girlfriend? <laughs> And where, where do I seek advice there? Not just negative advice either. Not like we're just having a hard day and I need somebody to help me walk through how to move toward her. But but even like, who do I talk to when I want to figure out what to buy her for Christmas? You know? And like, uh, yeah. And I, I'll, I'll tell you, like, having those people around me ha- has provided so much. It's provided such a gift to my wife. Yes. That, like, there's a burden that's off her shoulder. Like, I mean, there are days... When I am done, like I am like super tired or irritated or just kind of like she can tell that I'm not in a good place. And it's it's I, it's a really uh, delightful thing to look back on to see that she's hardly ever that worried about me because she knows that when I'm not talking to her, I'm at least talking to my friends. You yeah. know what I mean? And she's like, I know they're going to push them in the right direction. Yeah. And it's not even that it's taking a burden off of her, but friends make you more you and make That's you yeah. like – I mean, if they're good friends, yep. it, now yep. the problem is if it is not good friends. Sure, but yeah. let's imagine that these friends are great. Like I, when Jonathan's like, hey, I'm going to go hang out with Joe. I'm like, great. I don't even care what you guys are doing. Like totally. this is awesome. Friendship are a gift to the spouse for sure. That's right. Um, yeah, I would just say that those of you who tend to be the third wheel in a relationship, cool. like that's great. I love that. That is – I mean – once again, part of the relationship isn't like the romantic relationship is not just about them. It's yep. also about you yep. too. Um, and maybe if you want to be like, if you're training them for kids, like there's mm-hmm. going to be a third person in that if they're going to have kids. Mm-hmm. But even so, like enjoy that time. You're not the outsider because this is 
what relationships are, are about right. is not just the other person, but it is about the world. So don't run away from being that third wheel. That's really good, Kirsten. It reminds me, I'm gonna, this is going to be way nerdy, okay? Um, but there was this guy named Richard of St. Victor in the 13th century, and he argued, and I don't know if I agree with him, but this is a lovely exercise. He argued that if you did not know that God was triune, that God was three in one, mm-hmm. he argued that you might be able to guess it. And he said, I, he said, I wonder if you could guess it because we all have this experience that love isn't isn't doesn't ever feel like in its fullest expression until it's an overflow. And so he's like, what what he meant is like you would see two people who really love each other, and that was really cool. That was better than one person who loved themselves, like yeah. very obviously in the world. But it wasn't until you saw like somebody else who just happened to get blessed by two people loving each other that you when you saw that you were like that's even better yes. like it's better when the cup overflows and somebody else just is blessed right and so i'm geeking out a little bit he he made this fun argument there right but i think about how much like why are we drawn even if people don't like the content of some of these shows why are we drawn to shows like for our generation like friends mm-hmm. or new girl or something like this like why are people drawn to things and they're not just two people there's like a community around them and you know the people in them better because of the people around them, you know, and the romances happen within the context of community. There's um, – anyway, I, I just – I guess I'm thinking more at an instinctual level right now than like really something I can describe. But like I, I just kind of jump at what you're saying in, in agreement because like I'm so grateful when another couple lets me into their community, not lets me hang out. Now let's me sit in the back seat, but like I'm now, now this is like th- there were three for a bit. Yes. And I love it when I'm at home with my wife or we're out somewhere and, and one of like her sisters or one of my friends, like the other, I mean, whatever comes over and it's just them and us and we're together in the living room. And like my wife and I get to discover each other in new ways because this person's there. Mm-hmm. It's like everything that we're about gets shared, that the whole circle gets bigger for a yes. bit. It's lovely. Yes. Or I love when students come to my house and Jonathan's not just meeting them for the first time, but can joke with them and knows them and has relationships because he actually cares about them, not just because I do, but because he actually knows them and would fight anyone for them now. So if you're single, maybe have some courage and trust that like if if your friends are good friends, they're going to love having you around even if they're dating somebody and you're hanging out with them. Like if they invite you to go to the movies with them, and it's just you and them have a blast because you get your own bucket of popcorn you know, <laughs> or whatever it is. And if on the other hand, um, maybe if you have a – if you're in a relationship, romantic relationship, and you have a friend who's single, um, do not – I don't know if the right word is courage most of the time. But I think there may be – uh, you, if they want to hang out with you and you want to hang out with them, just make the offer – and don't make it unnecessarily awkward by reminding them that they're a third wheel too much or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. like, it turns out it's actually really fun if you just stop naming it all the time. Yep. You know? I don't know. Any other advice you have there? Is that good? That's great. Good. Okay. All right. So I guess this is it. The point of today is just we uh, are utterly convinced that in the kingdom of God, romance is intended not just for a couple, but for the world. And um, and then this starts in just the ways that we date, the ways that we pursue others. Uh, and consider how these decisions are not just about you finding kind of your lane or your like one little space or plot of 
land or something in the world and then not caring about the rest of it anymore. Um, but this is actually intended to launch you out into it in new and unique and beautiful ways. Um, and that can start right up. Friends, I hope that was helpful. If you liked it, uh, please consider sharing it with some friends and subscribe or rate it on your favorite podcast providers so others can find it. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you.